We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. You're home for everything Lakers. The Lakers Nation crew and I hopped on to Twitter spaces to talk a bit about DeAndre Aiden staying with the Phoenix Suns, what that might mean for the Indiana Pacers, and if that opens up some new trade opportunities for your Los Angeles Lakers. We also talked a bit about Rob Palenka. Is he on the hot seat? What the Lakers can look like next season, particularly if Russell Westbrook winds up staying in town. And we also discussed a number of different trade possibilities with both the LN crew and Lakers fans who we brought up on stage. So that's what's going to follow here for today's show. It's going to be our Twitter spaces that included Daniel Stark and Matt the Optimist Peralta and Sean Davis. Enjoy. Well, I do want to welcome everybody in who's joining us here, who's coming in from Twitter. Appreciate all of you guys joining us tonight. Uh, Matt the Optimist Peralta joining us along with Sean Davis and of course Daniel Starkin as well. Matt, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Sorry, I'm a little late. I just woke up from my nap after staying up so late last night. So uh, <laughs> apologies, but I'm here. We were on spaces pretty late last night, but you know what? We had a pretty good Lakers conversation going, so couldn't couldn't really complain that much. Um, I do want to get into what this DeAndre Ayton situation means now. For the Lakers, because Aiton does not go to the Pacers. The Pacers now have cap space sitting yep. there waiting for someone to use it. And I've already had a lot of Lakers fans say, well, should it be the Lakers? Can this now be a landing spot for Russell Westbrook? Matt, since you're already, you're already on here, what are your thoughts on that? Are the Pacers now more of an option, less of an option? How do you see it? Um, man, Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, Patrick Beverly going to go crazy, the starting five, huh? That's, uh, (laughs) kind of the move, isn't it? Um, no, I I mean, I think it definitely opens up avenues for the Lakers to dump Westbrook's contract into three-team trade somewhere. I think that's, um, that's where my mind went as soon as the offer sheet came out and as soon as Phoenix matched it, which was good for, I think, for Lakers fans, right, to have more avenues to, to get rid of Westbrook. So, um... That, that's kind of my initial read on it. I don't know if that necessarily brings us back any players, but I do like that you know it doesn't just have to be the Spurs um, as a dumping ground in a three-team trade. 
I think that's critical that you've got options out there now. If you do, if it does have to be a three-team trade, let's say Brooklyn decides we don't want Russ for whatever reason. Can't imagine why they why they wouldn't. But if they decide they don't want Russell Westbrook, then you can, in theory, you can now send him to either Indiana or San Antonio. And I think it's important that you've got those options out there. Uh, Daniel, what do you, if you had to pick between getting Kyrie Irving and getting what Matt just suggested, somehow winding up with Patrick Beverly, Miles Turner, and Buddy Heald, what would be your preferred uh, route there to take? Uh, I still think for me, I'd, I'd, I'd prefer Kyrie personally. I just think the upside there, we've already seen what him and you know LeBron look like with an, with an AD. Um, I think that's probably your easiest path to, to being a title contender. Like I like Buddy Heald. He's a good shooter. I think, I think Miles Turner is pre- pretty overrated on this app, I'd say. But but I do think you know he's the type of guy you'd want next to AD. Although I'm I'm honestly pretty fine with the centers the Lakers have right now with Thomas Bryant and Damian Jones and obviously AD who plays some five as well. So I think they're fine at centers. So I think I'd prefer the Kyrie deal. And I I think I'd try to get you know as we've talked about so many times. I feel like a Joe Harris or a Seth Curry. I know you know, the Lakers need shooting. So even, even just getting Kyrie, I still think they'd need another shooter. So if they could, you know, whether it be a three team deal, you know, even involving the Pacers, if they could find a way to get Kyrie and one of those other shooters from Brooklyn, I think that would be their best bet. I ultimately agree with what you're saying there, Daniel. I think that Kyrie probably offers the highest ceiling, but I wouldn't be upset if that's the plan B. If the well, plan B leads yeah. to you getting nice some nice role players like that that can at least give you the stuff that you need in terms of floor spacing, I wouldn't hate that. Yeah, there, there's if we're being honest here, if the Lakers are finding a way to dump Russell Westbrook contract, like, um, uh, yeah, it's going to be hard for me not to like the deal. If I'm being honest, that's <laughs> jeez. <laughs> <laughs> So Dan, he will take anything for Russell Westbrook. That's that's basically what we just landed on there. Daniel's good with anything in return for Russell yeah. Westbrook, as long yeah. as it's Russ going somewhere else. Yeah, but not a nice little, you know, twenty dollar coupon to Seven Eleven, so I can get chips and, and a Slurpee or something. Yeah, that works. Now, now, Daniel, I have to ask because part of what you do at Lakers Nation it involves the post game press conferences. How oh, much God. of that is how much no of that boy. is a factor in you wanting Russell Westbrook somewhere else? To to be honest, it's not a factor at all. Um, it, I I'm not saying that wouldn't be you know some upside there for my you know daily work life. Um, but at the end of the day, it comes down to how can the Lakers contend, and I don't really view any team with Westbrook on it as a contender. And I know that sounds kind of harsh, but. Um, he hasn't really shown an ability to buy in. So to me, uh, you know, obviously you would be wanting to get some rotation players in return, ideally, if you can't do a Kyrie. So that's where Indiana kind of lines up. But uh, yeah, I'm good with all those options. Sean, where do you weigh in on this? What, what's the best result here for the Lakers? Is it Kyrie or bust at this point? Do what it takes, Rob. Throw in the extra picks. Whatever you have to do in order to get the deal done. Or if there's an alternative option that's now on the table, because again, the Pacers don't land DeAndre Ayton, are you now, if you're Rob Palenka, exploring these plan B opportunities where potentially you get a Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, Josh Richardson, if, we're, if we go over to the San Antonio Spurs? What are your thoughts there? 
I'm definitely on the Kyrie Irving trade uh, train. Uh, like Daniel was saying, you know, just gives you the highest upside to win the title and your best chances to win the title. Um, also, if you want to look at draft compensation, you probably have to give up two draft picks anyway. Well, you definitely have to give up two draft picks if you're sending them to the Pacers for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald because they don't. They definitely don't want Russ. They definitely only want Russ for the contract. Um, so, and I just rather I rather trade two first round picks for Kyrie Irving as opposed to Miles Turner. Or, well, Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris probably. Then Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. Um, and, but again, it's a good solid plan B backup plan that I don't think needs to be executed yet. Cause I, I think right now Rob is standing pat and, you know, holding his ground. But um, I do think it'll come to a point, And again, once we get closer and closer to August 4th, I think the breaking point will come where Rob's going to have to, I don't want to use the word fold. Cause I think he's done a good job, like not blinking, but I think he's going to blink at some point. And give the extra pick and skirt. You give the extra pick to go get Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris because you're going to probably have to give up two first round picks anyway in, in any Indiana Pacers trade. So that's just my thought process there. That's fair. That's fair. If you're going to have to give up the picks, why not go for the, the ceiling play and go for somebody that you think can ultimately lead you to an NBA championship? And I think Kyrie is certainly um, that guy, especially if you get a fully healthy season of him and you can completely locked in, which, I mean, those are, are questions, right? We're not sure exactly how uh, how Kyrie's mindset's going to be, where things are going to be in terms of uh, all the different mandates and things like that. So I still understand, though, that the upside play would be to go with Kyrie Irving. But again, I, I wouldn't feel bad if the Lakers walked away with this, uh, with these moves. And we had Jeannie Buss say today to Mark Medina that, that they're not done, that there's more stuff coming. If that more stuff is some combination of Buddy Heald, if it's Eric Gordon, if it's Josh Richardson, if we're talking about Doug McDermott, if it's it's getting some of these role players that at least fit the skill set the Lakers need. After the way things played out in the 2019-2020 season, I, I'm going to try to be not too disappointed if that's the path we ultimately wind up wind up going down because we've seen that be successful before. But again, I understand that a lot of Lakers fans do want to see Kyrie in L.A. because of, again, having that third star the upside potential, all the things that we've been talking about here. Interesting thoughts, though. Joining me right now, we're bringing up a guest here, and feel since it's appropriate, since this is the topic, his tagline or title is Kyrie to L.A. Oh, he just he just bounced out. Oh, no, stage fright. Oh, I no. See, I hope that's not a bad omen, that Kyrie to L.A. just bounced out of here. Kyrie has left the building. Oh no! Hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, he didn't go back to Brooklyn. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> that's Yikes. that's certainly that's certainly not not ideal. Well, he can he can try to request again uh, if he uh, comes back in here. You never know with Kyrie, right? Might change day by day. So Kyrie to LA cer- certainly could come back on here. But uh, let's try for Fernando. Fernando, how are you doing? Uh, hi guys. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I was just wondering. No Thanks for coming on. Of course. Um, now that uh, the Pacers thing with Wade happened, do you think there's an avenue for a three-team trade where we get like Kyrie and Buddy Heald, uh, the Nets get like Miles Turner, and like they get to save money, and the uh, and Westbrook ends up in the Pacers with either THT or nothing? I was wondering, do you think that is like realistic? Matt, Matt, the optimist, I'm going to hand that over to you because, it look, three-team trades, to get those done, it requires some optimism. What do you think about that? 
I mean, you're the salary cap guy. Does that work salary cap wise? Yeah, I mean, the key to making it work salary cap wise is that Pacers would eat some of the salary that the Nets don't want to take on. In this case, it would be Russell Westbrook. So they would use that, whatever it is that they've got now, 30-ish million in in cap space. They would accept some sort of payment for using that space by eating Russell's salary. And then the Nets in such a deal would wind up with a bigger trade exception because they wouldn't have to take on Russell Westbrook. Um, I mean, yeah, if, if it works salary cap, I was trying to do the math in my head real quick for the contracts and see it lined up. Um, so thanks for confirming. Yeah. I mean, I, is it possible? Sure. Um, I think in that scenario, you're probably looking at giving up both firsts, but if the return you're getting is Buddy Heald and Kyrie, I don't, I mean, I, I wouldn't hate that. Um, I think most Lakers would be doing backflips. It's both, it's both, it's both players. Everyone's been thirsting over. This, these past two weeks so yeah I, I think everyone would be pretty on board with that I, I would I would certainly not mind it at all yeah because I've also I've also heard that I mean I it's been rumored that the reason they want to they don't want to give up both picks because they want to save one for a separate transaction and one of those rumored targets has been body healed so I think if they get both of them I think they'd be more inclined to give up you know the additional first yeah I mean it's, I think that's probably the best way to look at it or you know if uh to, to really look at the deal like that is, you know, you essentially trade one first for Kyrie, you trade the other for Buddy Heald. I think that makes sense. Um, the Lakers did say they were pretty confident they could address the shooting concerns via trade. I think that does that pretty perfectly to a T. Um, I'd be pretty much all for it uh, now that I'm talking about it some more. What do you guys think, Daniel, Sean? I mean, I mean, look, we all know Rob Polinka loves him some Buddy Heald. So, um... Cuddy Keel, baby. <laughs> so, so... <laughs> That that deal would actually kind of make everyone happy because LeBron gets his guy in Kyrie, so maybe he goes and signs the extension, and then Rob Palinka gets to be happy because he gets his former client, Buddy Heald, who he's been chasing after for two years now, however long it's been. So, yeah, I mean, that definitely works from the Lakers' perspective. I definitely think that's, that's one of the deals where it's kind of worth it to give up both of those first-round picks, but yeah, I guess it would just be a case of is is taking on Russell, is getting, you know, two first-round picks enough for Indiana to take on Russ's contract, which is an expiring deal, so they'd be off it in one year. And then Brooklyn, you know, is getting the salary cap relief and also maybe a Miles Turner. Is that enough to get rid of Kyrie? Um, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I definitely like it from a Lakers perspective, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I think I think it's a win-win for everyone involved because the Lakers, like you, like, you know, like you guys said, LeBron gets Kyrie, Plinka gets Buddy Heald. Uh, the Pacers, they get Westbrook's expiring plus picks in tank this season for a top three pick in next year's draft. THT, for example, he's played with Halliburton before in college. They're good friends, actually. So, you know, that would work. And the Nets, they get Miles Turner, who fills a need for them at the center position. And they get to save money with a traded player exception instead of having to take on Russ. So I think it's a win-win-win for everyone involved. The Michael Scott win, win, win. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do wonder if, if for the Pacers, from their perspective, if they would want more than just two firsts and, and THD. And if, if the Nets probably want to – like, you may not have enough if Miles Turner is involved in the deal there and the Pacers are eating up cap space to satisfy everybody. Because most likely, if you get a third team involved, like, let's say it was the Spurs. The Spurs would want a first – the Nets would want a first. So there goes both of your, your firsts, right? Is that enough for 
for the Pacers in this scenario because both sides, are, the Nets are probably going to want a first two. I don't know. They may run out of first round picks in order to get something like that done. But but I think it's it's an interesting idea. The basic idea of Pacers absorbing salary, Nets getting a trade exception out of it. Uh, maybe they can add some pieces, and then the Lakers moving off of Russell Westbrook landing with Kyrie. That's the basic idea behind any kind of three team trade featuring either Pacers or the Spurs. Yeah. Well, one final thing I, I wanted to add. I just. Because, like you said, the Nets would definitely want a first. The Pacers would want a first as well. I don't know if the Pacers would get both first. Because, I mean, who else is, like, bidding against us in this scenario for, like, Miles Turner? It doesn't seem like a smart kid is that good right now. So maybe if we do, like, a first and a couple of seconds for one or the other. I mean, again, that would be a negotiation, which would, of course, be complicated. But I'm just, you know, I'm not, not too sure if we would need to give the Pacers both first. Yeah, that would be the key. Would be how do you figure out one way to to limit it to two for so that you can get it done? Um, that would be the challenge in a deal like that. But of course. Uh, I like thought, and I think that's something that that the Lakers certainly need to explore, particularly if and this isn't necessarily what we've heard. But if the sticking point is still the Nets don't want Russell Westbrook, which was a sticking point prior to Kevin Durant's trade request. If that's the case, then maybe looping in a third team becomes a necessity. Yes, I agree. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on here and joining us. Appreciate it. No, no. Thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate it. All right. So, guys, we're, we'll bring up some more guests here as we go. But I do want to mention, we are – I don't know if you guys saw this today, but Jovan Buha of The Athletic had a piece all about our guy, Austin Reeves, HBK. We are on early muscle watch According to Yovan, yeah, 15 pounds of muscle. That's right. It's early. That's right. When, how, how soon is the drug test coming? Oh, man, it's coming soon. Train, that's training camp bingo stuff, man. That's right. That's right. That was uh, that was Alex Caruso. Somebody put out that Photoshop picture of Caruso, and he looked like Captain America after he got the super soldier serum. And next thing you know, the NBA randomly shows up to drug test him, and it was a Photoshop picture. I have a feeling uh, if he's really put on 15 pounds of muscle, Austin Reeves is going to get a going to get a visit too. Oh, most definitely. He just needs to post a shirtless photo like, like AC did, and and yeah, we're getting drug tests for sure. <laughs> Matt, how much do you think that that can help his game if he's put on if he's let's say he's legit put on 15 pounds of muscle? What are you expecting to see out of Austin Reeves with that? Oh, definitely a lot of um, both, both sides of the ball is going to improve, I think. Um, offensively, I think getting to the rim will be a lot better. He'll be able to absorb contact, finish through that uh, on drives. I, I really like that. Won't get bumped off his spots either. Um, defensively, same kind of deal. I think he'll hold up more in the post, the mid-range area. Um, I know, you know, last season, a lot of teams tried to target him there. Um, I think he held up pretty decently, but against bigger players, bigger wings especially, he struggled. So I think adding that muscle will help him put up some more resistance there. So, I, I mean, I, I think it's just going to help. Uh, it's not an AD situation, right, where he bulked up too much and suddenly got slower. For for perimeter players like Austin to to fill out their frame a little bit and put on more muscle, it's only going to help him for sure. Sean, you, we've been breaking down rosters for a while now. Is is Austin Reeves starter if the season were to start tomorrow? No, yeah, absolutely. Even without putting on the 15 extra pounds, I think. It was 15, right? It was about that. I think he, I think he said he went from, I want to say it was like 13 pounds or something. Okay. Well, let's but, put, uh, put it close enough. Pretty close enough. 
without putting the muscle on, I think he was a starter because you look at the the list, like right now it's Russ, okay. Austin Reeves is starting over Lonnie Walker because of the uh, the defensive ability. Um Kendrick Nunn, I like better as a as a backup point guard, THT pass. Um so I thought he was starting regardless. And now you add in this and this stuff he's been working on shooting wise, which I also think was reported in that article as well, which we've kind of been assuming he was really working on that jumper. And um yeah, he could be he has the potential to be one of the better three and D role players in the entire NBA. Put down the muscle, like Matt said, be able to guard bigger wings, uh down low in the post a little bit too now as well. We know what he can do guarding point guards, ones and twos, but now his ability to guard some bigger wings is gonna be huge for the Lakers next year. Yeah, I think it's going to be critical, particularly because they need as many two-way players as they can get. If he keeps his shot up to 35% from three, which we're just talking about league average, 35-36, typically floats right in there, percent from behind the arc, that goes a long way. And then you combine that with his defensive capabilities, if he has put on that muscle. I'm looking now at the article. He went from 197 to 209 pounds. So we're talking about 12 pounds there of muscle. He'll probably be at 15 before we know it, though, especially if he's got that super soldier serum. In him. Uh, Josh joining us. Josh, how are you doing? I'm all right. How are you guys? Good, good. How are you? How are you? What are you thinking about the Lakers right now? Uh, well, I, I came in and you guys are talking about, uh, you know, Buddy Hield or Joe Harris or, or uh, Seth Curry. And that's all great. I would love that. I'm all about getting Kyrie. But uh, recently I've been thinking – if we giving up two first round picks, shouldn't we be able to get two shooters to go with Kyrie or am I just being super greedy here? And I would be totally fine if we just get one shooter with Kyrie, but I feel like if we giving up two first round picks, can we get another shooter with Joe Harris or with Seth Curry or, or at least perimeter defender? Give us Royce O'Neal or something, you know? So you're, you know, you're saying you got to get both? We don't have to, but my whole thing is – like we really, really need shooting. So if you just add uh, Joe Harris, who I'm not even sure you can rely on, or if you just had Buddy Hield, does that really help our? You know, it's funny. I'm actually of the same mindset, Trevor. I am. Okay, um, go on. Well, it's just because, like, I, I know everyone's been talking about Joe Harris as a. Um, you know, you throw the first round pick in there and you just kind of, you, you throw in two first, right? One for Kyrie, one for Joe Harris. But are we really sure Joe Harris is a, a positive asset right now? That's that's kind of like the mindset really is. I, he's coming off two ankle surgeries. Um, I'm not even too sure if he's going to be ready for training camp. Uh, if he is ready, how does he look coming off the uh, injury and not really playing for most of this past year? Um so if I'm the Lakers and I'm offering both first, I want Joe Harris because I'm saving you money by taking on that money uh, to taking on his contract because it's an extra year after next year. Um, and I want Seth Curry too. So Thank that, you. That, if, I, if I'm robbed, that's how I'm, that's how I'm bargaining it. That's, that's, that's what I want to deal if I'm going to give you all that draft equity. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I think that if you're the Lakers and you look at this, if you give up both first, you have to be pretty certain that the team you've got at that point is ready to go get you where you want to go, right? Because if you if you don't have you have no more first now to play with, if you give up both of those, there's nothing else you can do with picks in order to improve your roster. You've got to be pretty confident. You've got all the firepower that you need, and that might require Seth and Joe Harris. Now, but let me ask: Would in such a scenario, would you be okay with including Kendrick Nunn and or Taylor Horton Tucker in order to? maybe balance things out a little bit. Now, I don't know how much value the Nets prescribed to, the, to those guys, but would you be okay with putting those guys in if the Nets are saying, well, hey, if we're giving up both of these guys, we need to get a young player with some upside. We need to get a good backup point guard on an expiring contract. Would that be a deal on your end? No, without a doubt. Like, we can drive those those guys to the airport if that's what's needed. <laughs> <laughs> I will drive in LA traffic to LAX. If you know, if you've been to the airport there, you know how hard it is. So. But uh, before Dang. I get out of here, I just want to say I appreciate the Austin Reeves love. Like he was like one of the few, other than LeBron being a, a mutant again at what is he, 37, 38. Austin Reeves was like the best thing to watch other than LeBron. Um, so him adding weight and, and bulking up, I'm super excited to see him. And uh, I just, I'm, I'm very excited. Same, same. And appreciate you, you coming on here. I'm excited about Austin Reeves and seeing what he can do, especially after uh, the stuff that I've been hearing about him. There's going to be, I think, some reason to keep an eye on Austin Reeves this year for sure. But Josh, thank you so much for coming on here. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'll, I'll give my thoughts on, on what you guys were just talking about because I, I, I'd say I agree. I think if you're giving up two first, obviously you – want to have kind of a set team that you think can compete for a championship. But I also think when you're trying to unload uh, Russ's contract here, that's that in itself is worth a first. Um, and, and then if you're, you know, tacking on another shooter with a Kyrie, let's say that that's probably two first. So then I guess the question becomes, what is TH to value? Like you guys were saying, like, can you turn around and flip THT and, you know, a second or two or something and get, you know, maybe a Pat Patrick Beverly or, or someone else who could, who could be a shooter as well. Because if you look at the roster now, that's pretty much the one thing they're lacking. There's no shooters there. And, and if you're bringing in Kyrie, he could shoot the ball. He could space the floor. If you, you know, if you're getting, let's say a buddy Hilder or a Joe Harris with him, that's, that's two guys. I, I, I agree with what was, you know, everyone else was saying, I think they would need probably one more shooter after that to really come you know, to complete the roster to where they're competing for a championship. If they got that, you're uh, you're piling all those guys into your car. Tht Kendrick Nod, Russell Westbrook is going to sit shotgun for you. Oh, that's perfect. Russ has got the music. Um, 
Yeah, and, and some of the younger, I got a third row of seats, so some of the, whoever the youngest guys are, they can get in the third row. Um, so, so yeah, well, you know, we got room for the luggage, so we'll, we'll get everyone in there and we'll, we'll send them. The Daniel Starkhand's car service, taking, taking all these guys to LA. I'll wear, through, I'll wear a traffic. suit, I'll open their doors for them. <laughs> I will, I will carry their luggage. Carry their luggage. <laughs> All right, so we know we know where where Daniel stands. He is willing to go to extremes, and this is this is the guy who was fairly particular about his his flight out to Vegas in terms of what time his flight was going. Oh, that, Sean's leaving. True. Sean's flying out at six a.m. and Daniel saying, no, 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 I'm not doing any of that stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm uh, getting my my own tickets. I, I I've done that before, so uh, I guess what, when you've done it a couple times, you become a veteran, and, and you know let, let you know let's book the one o'clock flight out of there so we're not in a rush. Fair enough. I was a rookie. I'll learn. It's <laughs> okay. Next year. That's right. That's right. Uh, we've got uh, Shaban coming on here and uh, and joining us. Looks like it's it's connecting there, but we'll see if it's going through. Uh, Shaban, how are you doing? What are you thinking about these Lakers? Um, I'm doing good. Thank you. Um, my thoughts on these Lakers are I like the offseason so far, starting with the coach, starting with free agency. You know, I, I didn't mind them giving Lonnie Walker the mid-level exception because I'm like, teams were probably you know, were offering more than a mid-level exception to Lonnie Walker because there was like a ton of suitors for him. But I'm happy how we got him at the end of the day. I thought that was a steal. But I think overall, at this roster, you look, you see, like you guys said, they need shooting. And, but like, like I said, um, like I think everybody said it. They need Kyrie Irving. Like they need Kyrie. You put Kyrie on this team. When healthy, when LeBron at eighty, who beating them? Who who beating them? I don't I don't see no team beating them. But like let's just say, well, if you got Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, they're gonna be they're still a championship contending team, but it's not like Kyrie, you know. Like they're gonna be a good team, but I don't see them getting beat, and also with like the Pacers talking about, I think they want two first round picks for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. I think they're going to say, well, go take Russ's contract, but if you want Miles Turner, we would want two first round picks and Buddy Heald. So, but I have like a trade package where I think it makes sense mm-hmm. for every team. It's a three team trail trade. Lakers get Kyrie and Buddy Heald. The Nets get their guy, Miles Turner, and they get the Lakers for a round pick, and they get Kendrick Nunn. The Pacers get Russell Westbrook and a first round pick and a second round pick. I'm wondering if that's an if the Pacers if the if Miles Turner's going out again. That's my my concern is how much they want for Miles Turner. What does that you know What does that look like? Uh, do and do we know that the Nets want? Miles Turner. I mean, they, they just signed Nick Claxton to a, a big deal. He's their their center. So, what's going to happen there? But but in general, yeah, I, I like that that idea. I like the the deal. If you can find a way to get it done, I think if you can get both Buddy Heald and Yulan Kyrie, that's that's if it's look if, for me. If it's Buddy Heald, if it's Joe Harris, if it's Seth Curry, and look, there's questions about the medicals with Joe Harris. I would assume if they did for him, they feel pretty good about it. If even if it's Eric Gordon. You're, you're looking for pretty much the same thing with all of these players. So if you're getting any one of those guys, that's fine. The preference, though, would be to get both of them. For, for me, me, 
if it is that you're giving yeah. up both. For me, as long as they get Kyrie, I'm fine with whoever the hell they get. As long as they get Kyrie, I'm fine with it. Because if they get Kyrie, for me, it's a W all season. You know, for me, if they don't get Kyrie, I, first of all, I don't think they're bringing Russ back. It makes no sense for you to bring Russell Westbrook back. You know, I don't, I don't think they're bringing Russ back. It just will look so stupid and like so weird if Russ comes back, which I'll give it like a zero percent. I think they need to go zero. Well, you think Russ is gonna come back? I didn't say it was coming back. Not zero. I'm not gonna say zero percent chance back though, because it's kind of gonna be weird if he comes back. You know, but I think I think they're I think right now their plan is getting Kyrie. You know, I think, you know, like August fourth, if this goes to August fourth, which you said like the Nets are hoping for, which I think everybody knows the Nets are hoping for, is LeBron's extension August fourth, then I don't you know what I'm saying? So if I'm like Rob, I'm trying to get this done before August fourth. You know? I'm not I'm trying to get this done before August fourth because I don't wanna get because if you go to August fourth, you because we all know Clutch and LeBron want Kyrie. Like we saw, they want Kyrie. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they they certainly do. But the quite you know, the, if you're the Nets though, then you're stalling to try to get close to August fourth. Put that pressure on. I mean, they're the ones that ultimately have to pull the trigger, and they're figuring out the Kevin Durant situation as well. But. But, yeah, if you're Rob Palenka, you would prefer to get this done sooner rather than later. And hopefully that, that is ultimately what happens. This is At this point, whenever this goes down, like we were on pins and needles for a while there, for a week plus. At this point, it's going to be like the, the DeAndre Ayton thing. It's going to be kind of that surprise out of nowhere. We're going to get the Woj bomb that the talks have, have intensified or maybe even that a deal is done. Because we don't know how long this is going to take to ultimately pull this thing off or, or not. So we could be talking about this a month from now. It could be done in five minutes. And we just have no idea where this is ultimately going to end up. That's going to be the, the crazy part about this. As much as we look at August 4th as maybe a, a deadline or a point where there's more urgency, it, it seems like both of these sides are so dug in that like I've been saying, it's going to take something changing in the status quo. Maybe it's that DeAndre Ayton decision. Maybe that breaks something loose, but it's going to take something changing in order for this to, to ultimately happen. Yeah, I, I got I got a question to pose here, and I, and it's because because we talk about how you know um, you know the Nets want to are, are dealing with KD first, so it, <laughs> the Lakers getting Kyrie kind of hinges on if the Nets are even trading KD, like a lot of the buzz recently has kind of been that they're trying to convince him to stay and they're not getting the offers they want and, and so forth. So my my question, would be, is there something that the Lakers could offer the Nets now or a trade that they could put together to get Kyrie before a KD deal happens? Or is it totally 100% contingent on the Nets dealing KD? I think, in my opinion, I think this is a thing. The Nets want two first-round picks. I think... Kyrie would have been a Laker right now if the Lakers offered two first round picks and Russell Westbrook. So so would that so would that mean that the Nets are hundred percent trading KD after that though? Or, or or would they still be trying to convince him to stay, saying we're gonna use these picks and, and assets to uh, uh, offload or buy out Russ or whatever? Because he's not playing with Russ, I'll i I'll tell you that right I now. think the owner wants both of them gone. 
I, I mean, that makes sense for sure. But I just think, I just think, um, until the KD stuff gets resolved, I don't even know if they're gonna even accept two first round picks from the Lakers because uh, I know, I know, definitely Cy wants Kyrie out the door. But if that's what it takes to get K- KD to stay, uh, I, I could see Marks trying to make, you know, trying to exhaust all options before accepting, uh, you know, a below market offer for KD. Yeah, I could, I could certainly see, I could see that either way. I mean, Jovan put out there the other day that look, he th- he thinks that if the Lakers offered up both first, the deal's just done. Um, I don't know. Like, I could see where the Nets will think. Well, you know what? Whatever the Lakers offer is right now, it's not going to change between now and August, September. It's only going to get better if we can get more pressure on them. So it's possible that they're just not prepared to make a deal yet. But I'd agree with that. If there's if there is something where Sean Mark says, I will do this deal now if this is the offer, you've got to listen and you've got to consider getting it done just because if you're the Lakers, what happens if you don't get a deal done and you roll into the season with Russell Westbrook and, and does LeBron sign an extension? And do you feel like you can actually win with Russell Westbrook at the helm? And I'm not saying that Kyrie Irving equals instant championship, but you feel like you have a better shot. And that's what Jeannie Buss was talking about today about saying they're not done because they want to make sure that they've given themselves the best chance possible. And that to me, I think is making this Kyrie deal happen. So if there's a way to get it done, you've got to explore it. You got to explore it. But uh, Siobhan, thanks so much for coming on here and joining us. Yeah, I appreciate thank it. You. Shout out to the Laker nation podcast. Shout out to you. Great podcast, bro. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much. Very much appreciated. All right, guys, I, I want to ask this to you because he said something, Siobhan said something and this has been kind of bouncing around in my brain for a few days because I've seen this sentiment from Lakers fans lately. This idea that LeBron, Kyrie, Anthony Davis, who's beating them four times in a seven-game series? And I'll be honest, when it's me, I feel a little bit uneasy about that line of thinking. Maybe it's because we got hurt so bad last season. I think that that wound is still fresh, and it reminds me of what the sentiment was heading into last season, that, look, LeBron, Russell Westbrook, AD, they'll figure it out. They'll figure out a way, and ultimately, who's going to beat those guys? Do, Do any of you share that, or do you feel that you put those three guys together, indeed, nobody's beaten them in a seven game series? How do you guys feel about that? I'd say for me, I'd say, well, the first thing is, you know, like all three of those guys have their own separate injury issues. So can they make it through a full season? We'll see. But let's say they do. And if they are, uh, you know, if they are all healthy, I I think the basketball fit with Kyrie is obviously, you know, 100 times better than it is with Russ. I think we've seen LeBron and Kyrie work together. Uh, You know, that worked out pretty well. And then you add, you know, a defensive force like Anthony Davis, um, who's who's also great offensively as well. Um, I I think I'd take my chances against anyone. Obviously, I think there's other good teams out there. Um, But but I'd certainly would take my chance with those three guys, you know, if they're healthy and, and you at least have some competent, you know, role players around them, some guys you could defend, knock down an open shot every now and then. Um, I, I think my chances. I definitely understand why, like, Lakers fans, why Trevor are a little cautious. Even if we get Kyrie Irving, I won't use the F-word favorites. I won't use that after last season. Um, I, I, I do think you, we got burned last year. But um, 
I definitely understand why fans think, hey, man, Kyrie, LeBron, AD, if they're all healthy, you got the role players, Austin Reeves. I like Stanley Johnson, um, some of the other guys we have. Then, yeah, you could talk yourself into saying, like, hey, this is one of the best teams in the West. Well, I think you say that already, but when you're talking about beating like Golden State, the Clippers, Memphis, maybe even Denver in a playoff series, and uh, get a little bit more comfortable comfortable with that. But um, the biggest thing is health. And can Anthony Davis get a big role and able to strive while having that role? Because I think he's going to get the quote-unquote Giannis role the offense next year. So it's just about him being able to handle that load offensively and being able to stay healthy. Um, let's see. I'm, uh, I think I, I shared the same sentiment as Trevor. I'm like cautiously optimistic that the Lakers would be really good in any series. Um, I think for me, it really just depends on how else does this roster look like outside of Kyrie. What other moves do the Lakers have after a trade? Is there any move after Kyrie trade? I, I mean, I love the big three fit, like what Daniel was saying. I love Kyrie, LeBron, and AD together on the floor. I'm really high on Austin Reeves next season. Uh, but keep going down the depth chart a little bit. Who who are you, like your seven eight guys that you really trust in the playoff series? Um, you probably figure that out over the course of the regular season. But as of today, um, and I guess I'll pose this question to you guys: um, Who are who are like the other three or four guys you trust to play twenty twenty five minutes in a playoff series on the roster as of right now? Besides, well, LeBron, Kyrie, and AD as of right now. Hypothetic, hypothetically, in this scenario, yeah. Reeves, none. Well, crap, you probably have to trade none. Reeves, Stanley for 20, maybe? Keep you going. Got Joe, I mean, keep Joe going. Harris. You got Joe Harris. What's that, six, seven? One of the bigs. I don't know, pick your poison. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I don't, I don't know necessarily if JTA would be playable in every single series, but I think there would be some matchups against bigger wings where he would be useful. Yeah. Right, but I think this is kind of where I got stuck, too. Like, I, you kind of have to talk yourself into a few guys, right? I, uh, I, also, I also think what they'd probably be banking on is getting a buyout guy or two if things are going sure. well throughout this season. Because um, obviously they wouldn't really have any assets to make a trade at the deadline necessarily. So so maybe there's a buyout guy or two. Got yeah. you, I got one for you, Matt. Max Christie, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Cole Swider. Cole Swider. Amazing Swider, man. I, I love Max, but Sean's gonna Sean's put him hanging him out to dry next season, man. I'm I'm telling you right now. <laughs> if Matt if Max doesn't play twelve minutes off on opening night, man, fans gonna be coming for your head, dude. <laughs> Send them my way. Send them my way. 
Here's the thing with the, with the Lakers roster. When you say who are the six, seven, eight guys, whatever that you rely upon, the Lakers focused on finding young guys. So that's part of the hesitation here and why you don't feel comfortable picking any particular guy because we're going to have to see over the course of the season who fits and who really pops. Uh, I mean, Troy Brown Jr., right? He's, what, 22 years old. Lonnie Walker's 23. You're bringing in younger players. So they don't have that that history where you know exactly what they're going to bring to the team. You know, if you go get – like if the Lakers got Otto Porter Jr., right? He's 29. You know what he does. You know what he's going to bring if he's healthy. And so you're going to feel pretty good picking him. But until we get into the season and we see how a guy like Lonnie Walker clicks, a guy like Troy Brown Jr. clicks – they're going to have that mystery behind them because they don't have that, that equity built up of a long NBA career. So that's part of that. It's again, you've got some guys who are just unproven, not necessarily not talent. So I think that's, that's part of the hesitation there, but I did bring in uh, KB Brown. KB, how, how are you doing? What are you, what's your thoughts on, uh, on all this? Well, I mean, after the last season, you can see my profile picture, which is just instant pain. So, uh, the, the yeah, instant pain. Um, Shug, that was the uh, just shout out to Shug and everybody in Laker Nation as well. But that that space's last night was legendary. I'm sorry, uh, but I'm still recovering. Oh my god, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop laughing at that. I had to replay <laughs> that rant that he did to to, to Trevor <laughs> last night, like consistently. Um, I said to tell my buddy, yeah, it was hilarious. Um, All time great, rant. Oh my god, yes. I thought it was Stephen A. Smith. Oh my, man. no, like I did better than Stephen A. Smith. First couple minutes, better than Stephen A. Smith. He just put everything on the line. Um, but honestly, just going on with what we're gonna do with the Lakers, I mean, uh, it kind of sounds like we're holding like, I mean, we're playing like the you know the waiting game with Kyrie, but I really don't think the Lakers are gonna hold it for any much that much longer to be honest because Rob Lincoln can't have another failed season he just can't so I think we're going to give up those two picks um I do think that we're probably going to end up adding a shooter if that's not adding um Seth Curry or um Joe Harris um I really want Buddy Yield but I mean I'm not dying for him so other than that I think we get the Kyrie Irving thing done by next week uh to be honest uh or in the next couple of days I'm confident in that um, I just really would like this to hurry up because I, like I told Shav, like in the last of his spaces, I, I mean, if I was holding my breath, I'd be dead by now. So <laughs> this is killing me. Uh, a lot of people. Yeah, this be, is yeah. killing me. What, what is it that's giving you that optimism that it's going to happen within the next week or so? Um, well, what happened with, uh, DeAndre Aiden, uh, that, I think that kind of shut down the Durant getting traded to, the Suns, I think that's done because, I mean, everybody's going to ask for, like, a, an arm and a leg. Like, if it's not Malachi Bridges and um, – what's his name? Cameron Johnson, multiple picks. Um, it's going to have to be a multi – like, a five-team trade if, I, if I'm thinking as of right now. Uh, but I, I really thought that he was going to go to – Durant was going to go to the Raptors. That's what I was thinking because they have more young stars, um, to be honest, after now. Send him to Toronto, baby. Let's go. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. Get it done. Decide. I, I think it's going to happen just because they have so many young stars, and uh, Toronto can really use another. I mean, I mean, when they got Kawhi, I was just I didn't know they were going to make it all the way like that. But if they get KD uh, and they get they, you put Otto Porter Jr. with them, I think it might be some good. 
That's an interesting idea. I do like the Raptors. I saw a lot of people have, having that sentiment online about the, the Raptors now being the favorites to get uh, Kevin Durant, and that makes sense. And I think you're right, too, about the Suns. Like, Suns, I don't think they're out of it, but a big part of their offer was going to be taking DeAndre Ayton and either sending him to the Nets, or if the Nets didn't want Ayton, it was going to be sending him somewhere else and using the stuff they got from that to give to the Nets and that kind of a deal. So I think this damages the Suns' ability to get uh, Kevin Durant, which, look, I mean, we're talking Pacific Division. We're talking Western Conference. I, I'm not going to cry over that. That's that's for sure. If the Suns aren't getting Kevin Durant, and if he does wind up going up north to Toronto, that's that's fine. Keep him stay east, KD. Stay in the Eastern Conference. Exactly, please. exactly. I'd rather have him stay in the East than come to the West. Uh, but I just the thing that really got on my nerves is, I mean, for all the Warriors stands and bandwagon fans out there, that he's going to go back to Golden State. I was like, yeah, that would be perfect. Run back to Curry after they won a championship. So. That's probably the easiest way to further damage his legacy, but we're not here to talk about that, I guess. <laughs> nah. Uh, KD was talking about it on Twitter the other day. Oh, was he? Oh, boy. Asking people what they did to, to add to their legacy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Let's not talk about legacy when it comes to KD. I can't. I can't. After he went to the Warriors, I'm like, you know what? I don't think I can. I mean, I respect his game, but yeah, I can't put him up there with the greats. I can't. After what he did, I can't do it. I think KD can fix his legacy by coming to the Lakers, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> but hold on. No, absolutely, if, yes. If KD came to the Lakers, we'd have to put AD up for a trade? We'd have to? I, I think uh, everyone oh, if here it was, if it was, if that was hypothetically KD, in here, or we all do it. <laughs> I know, I know. I would definitely take KD over AD any, you know, any given day, but I'm just wondering what Rob's going to do as of right now. For being realistic, I really don't know what Rob's going to do, and it kind of feels like after last season – he can't afford to fumble the bag again. So, well, I uh, I agree. And KB, thank you so much for coming up here. I, I appreciate. it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. What do you, What do you guys think about that? KB just threw that out there. Like Rob Palenka, how much is riding on him to fix this this season? Like if if the Lakers, let's say the Lakers are the nine seed, they're a play in seed going into the playoffs and are out in the first round with whatever they've got. Is Rob Palenka still the GM of this team next season, the season after next, I should say, depending on how you want to look at it? No. If, no, if we're in ninth seed and we miss the playoffs again, absolutely not. Yeah. There's no I, need for an in-depth answer there. He's gone. Yeah, I, I think context matters, but I also, I also think, yeah, after this season they just had, if they're if they have another you know embarrassing type season like that or uh, I I, th- I think uh, you know they need to at least you know make the playoffs and if they're healthy make some noise uh, he can keep his job but if there's another disaster type season yeah I don't see how in any way shape or form they could bring him back that's a, that's a great question actually what what how how does the Lakers season need to finish for Rob to keep his job next season or after next season I should say. Oh, that is a good question, Daniel. What do, you, what do you think? What's the what's the bare what's the minimum? Like, what's the bar that Rob Pelinka has to clear in order to continue to be the team's GM? It, it's tough to say, just because so much of it rides on health. Like, let's say the Lakers wind up having a good regular season. They're like, let's say they're the four or five seed, but then either LeBron or AD or someone goes down, and then they're out in the first round. 
I think there's that there would be a case to be made for him to keep his job in a scenario like that. But let's say everyone stays healthy, um, then I I would think they need to you know at least get to the second round conference finals, make some noise, be in the mix there, or else he's gone. I think I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and the, honestly, the toughest thing to like predict with this Lakers team is like I don't really see if. If they're healthy, I think they'll go far if they make the playoffs. It's 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 more of a case of if they're gonna make the playoffs because once they get to like that seven game series, if you got a healthy LeBron and AD and, and with Dar with Darvin Ham, I honestly would trust them to you know to kind of figure it out in a seven game series. LeBron has been in so many of those before, um, and and no one's smarter than him when it comes to that. But it's just the case of can they make it through an eighty two game season and make the playoffs, which is kind of strange but yeah all right so let me let me throw this at you guys then let's say that russell westbrook's on the team to start the season grown and they everyone just groaned trevor (laughs) right i know i know that's that's a bad place to start from but but let's say he's on the team to start the season and they don't move him till the trade deadline trade deadline something pops up whatever it is some team's looking for an expired contract and they find a move can they tread water between now and the trade deadline? Because I think, look, if this Kyrie thing falls apart, realistically, this is what we're going to be staring down. Can the Lakers tread water between now and the trade deadline and then find something there that is a better fit and allows them to excel? With the roster they have right now, can they stay afloat with Russ on the roster until February? I'm not going to lie, man. The gut, the gut doesn't feel good about it. Um, are you promising to be good health at least? Yeah, let's say guys are are eighty five percent healthy, meaning they they play in eighty five percent of the games. I I think on it, this is like just gut check. I, I feel like they're probably a five hundred team if if the roster stays exactly the same as it is today. Uh, I think LeBron and AD. If they, if I get eighty five percent, both of those guys pretty damn good place to start i feel like they can figure it out and win games but okay uh, take to take that a step further where is a 500 team in the west next season oof. uh i'm gonna probably tell you probably play in range i'd say seven through ten i mean i know that's like not really a great answer but that, that would be like my my guess you know i think i think you're right i think you're yeah. right so now, now if you're rob palinka can you allow that that future to play out, right? I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Dr. Strange here where he's looking ahead to the future and he sees all the different possible outcomes and he finds the one where they actually beat Thanos. Is this a, a, an eventuality that you can allow to play out or is this something where you've got to do something different in order to make sure that this is not the path that you head down because being 500 in the West at the trade deadline is not going to be enough. Uh, I, I would assume he would get through the trade or he would kind of look at it as, you know, he has until the trade deadline to make those moves because even if you are 500 and in like the seven, eight, nine range, that's still in a spot where if you could find a trade for Russ and make, you know, a decent move where you could bring in some rotation type players that you could kind of make your run from there as long as you're healthy. So I, I, I would assume he's kind of looking at it as he has not between now and training camp necessarily, but between now 
and the trade deadline. But but the thing with that is like, what is the state of LeBron and Russ's relationship, right? Like we just saw them at summer league, didn't say a single word to each other, sat on opposite ends of the gym. Um, obviously, I would assume Russ is, is seeing all these trade rumors and his name in pretty much every single one of them. So can that relationship get to a point where they could you know, play basketball together again? I don't know. That's that's kind of interesting. That's right. Daniel, you were right there there next to me. We were yeah. 10 feet behind LeBron. Yeah. We, it's it, super we awkward. About this. You know, we talked about this last night a little bit about how, like, I, the takeaway I had was that it was very obvious that everyone other than Russ was coming over and saying hi to LeBron. Did you yeah. did you feel it the same way? Yeah, I mean, every every single Lakers player that was there came over at halftime and, and you know, dapped up LeBron, said hi to him. Even Rob Palenka and Darvin Ham and Karambas at one point came over and said hi to LeBron. And, you know, Russ was on the complete opposite, you know, other side of the gym next to the Lakers bench. And he... You know, did, he he dipped out at halftime. No one even really noticed he, he was gone, and then and then he was just you know out of there. So, um, you know, to me, if if guys are friends or at least have some sort of relationship, like and and you know they're going to be at the game, I, I I wouldn't even have thought much of it if they didn't sit together. But the fact that they didn't even say hello to each other, like that was pretty notable for me. Um, so, so yeah, it just kind of made it really awkward. Like, you know, you got some fans in the corner chanting, we want Kyrie. Um, you got Rob Plink on the broadcast saying they're still looking for ways to upgrade the roster. So yeah, it was just kind of awkward overall. And I think Russ kind of sensed that that would have been why he left at halftime. Matt, Sean, what do you, what do you guys think? What, like, can, can Rob really put those guys together? Like, that there's going to be some challenges as much as the Lakers have said and, and Rob said, right? We're going to open them. We're going to have open arms. We're going to welcome Russell Westbrook back when he picks up his player option. Everyone knows they're trying to trade him. LeBron obviously is okay with that very much. Uh, maybe even pushing for that. Can the Lakers walk that back enough if Russ is on this roster next season? No. Um, First off, like Daniel was saying, you have to worry about how damaged is the relationship between LeBron and Russell Westbrook. Two, this roster is not optimal for a player like Russell Westbrook. What do we mean by that is, you know, with Russ, he's not a good shooter himself, right? So to optimize his Russ offensive potential, you need guys that can space the floor and shoot. And Trevor right now, the best shooter is what LeBron right now. Well, Kedrick Nunn, maybe. If you're going by Paul percentages. Slider, baby. Close wider, I guess. Um, but the amazing Spider Man. There we go. Um, he needs to be an actor in the next Spider Man movie. Um, but th- the guys on the floor you would be surrounding him with are not capable shooters to really help expand Russ's offensive capabilities. But if you get Kyrie Irving, for example, who is a floor spacer himself and just doesn't need, like, it doesn't matter if you have five or four floor spacers and just him or guys that can't shoot at all. He's so good creating separation, finding ways to hit jumpers. It doesn't really matter anyway. So the roster doesn't make sense for us. And you have to worry about the relationship between him and LeBron. And then I always go back to that Jeannie Buss interview with LA Time a couple months ago. And something about that, she knows you can't redo last season. You know you can't bring Russ back. 
to run it back with LeBron and Anthony Davis. The fit never really worked in the first place. This isn't like the 2020-2021 uh, season where it's just injuries. You're like, everybody's saying run it back except Trez. Um, we saw a significant sample size of, okay, crap, this team's healthy. We're a title contender. We saw four games last year with last year's roster where you're like, okay, this team's a playoff team. So um, you, you can't run back that raw. You can't run it back with rust. If it's not there and the relationships might be damaged. Matt, where do you stand on that? What do you think? I, I mean, yeah, I think, I think Daniel and Sean pretty much nailed it on the head. I mean, the only thing I'd really want to add to that is just the fan experience at crypto.com arena. I'm going to still call it staples, but I just wanted to be <laughs> correct. Um, it's just, it's terrible, man. Like watching the games is such a slog and having, having the whole crowd boo the team and boo Russ specifically every night was, it just, it just didn't make watching the game very enjoyable at all. Not to mention the fact that they were losing, but you know, just, it just doesn't create a good vibe, a good team environment, a good fan experience. And so I think for a lot of people in the spaces, me included, um, we want to watch a team we can happily root for and, and not be so distracted with all the uh, on-court and off-court stuff with Russ. So I don't think they can bring him back personally. Um, and then here's a question I wanted to ask you guys. Who who would dread bringing back their point guard more, Kyrie in the Nets or Russ in the Lakers? Oh, that is a good question. That is a good question. I mean, I, I'm probably too close to it, but I feel like it might be Russ and the, and the Lakers because at least with Kyrie, you can say, well, hey, we're going to keep you. We're going to keep KD. We've got a championship team here ready to roll. Let's go contend in the Eastern Conference. And there's going to be some headaches. But with Russ, like you've got everything, like you said, there's everything going on with fans and all that. Like, I don't even think, as much as we talk about this from a Lakers perspective, from Russ's perspective, the ideal situation is probably not playing for the Lakers next season. Um, so, yeah, I, I think maybe the Lakers are, are – if the Nets keep the status quo, they might be okay. I feel like if the Lakers do, we pretty much know what that looks like. I, I just want to say I agree with that. Jordan <laughs> <laughs> to the point. Yeah, <laughs> Daniel's made his stance very well known. Dynamite, say, yeah, yeah. Stan, Daniel is driving Russell Westbrook to to the airport. I, I, I will say, I will give us a little credit. I think he's kind of handled this summer as well as he could have, considering the circumstances. Um, so he's being professional, at least. Like, I think that's kind of where the one thing he's more of a positive than Kyrie, I'd say. But but uh, anything involving on court basketball. I think you're in a better position with Kyrie than you are with Russ, <laughs> no matter what the other circumstances are. And here's here's what people don't understand often with, with that. right? People think that the Lakers fans just want to hate on Russell Westbrook, just want to put all the blame on him. That's not the case. We've been saying for a long time now. That, and that if you look at the last season and you look at what the cause of all the misery was, I've called it many, many times, the worst season in Lakers history – if you point at Russell Westbrook and say that one player is the cause of all of it, and without him, the season would have been fine, that's not correct. There's so many things that went wrong that were not Russell Westbrook. That was just probably the loudest thing that went wrong, and also because of what you had to trade away in order to get him. But there were a lot of other things that happened during that, that Lakers season. The best story that we could have told 
was Russ being successful with the Lakers. Not only is that fun, not only is that exciting, but just the hometown guy coming back and, and all that. I don't, I don't want to be negative about Russell Westbrook. I want to be positive. That the, I want to be able to tell that story, to tell the story of Russell Westbrook comes back to L.A. and the Lakers win a championship and the hometown guy gets it done and the crowd loves him and they're chanting his name and he's providing the energy and, and all of that. That's, that's the story we hope to tell this past season. And unfortunately we didn't get to see that. And it breaks my heart. There is no part of me that wants to be negative about Russell Westbrook or wants to, to say, Oh, let's just get rid of this guy. But the reality is from what we saw last season, we have nothing to There's, there was no moment last season where we said, Oh, you know what? This could work. We didn't get even a glimpse of that. And so unfortunately this is, this is where we're at now. Trevor, you're a hater. (laughs) <laughs> don't you dare say anything negative about russell westbrook ever <laughs> i was gonna just chime in and say worst case scenario we don't get the Kyrie deal done and we have to in the season with russ if he if the lakers end up winning and he's good i think we'd all welcome it it's just there's not a lot of confidence that's gonna happen but if if it did awesome i think the only thing we really care about is the lakers winning and winning titles if, if that includes russ wait but it's it's very much got to see it to believe it. And honestly, I don't really want to gamble on that. Yep. I agree. I agree a hundred percent, hundred percent. Definitely agree with that. All right, guys, why don't we, we wrap things up there. We're not going to go till, you know, whatever, whatever time, whatever time in the morning or anything like that. But guys, Sean, Matt, Daniel, thanks for, for hopping on here and, uh, and chatting some Lakers and, and talking about all this, because this is, going to be a busy, busy offseason still. I think there's more stuff coming. It's just a matter of when and what that's actually going to look like. But thank you guys all for uh, for coming on here. Always fun when we can uh, get Lakers Nation together. Absolutely fun fun, fun time chatting Lakers, and, and hopefully there's uh, some more tangible news to talk about in the near future. That'd be nice. Yeah, thanks for having me, Trevor. I'm a huge fan of Lakers Nation and the podcast. It's been a real <laughs> honor to sit up here and uh, talk with you guys. Huge fan, Matt. I never got my autograph from you, man. That that's brutal. I never got my autograph from you, bro. You're the popular one. You're in all these spaces. I see it every time I log into Twitter. It's always a Sean Davis in his spaces, dude. <laughs> like like every hour of night, dude. We we may need to talk about that, Sean. How do you do that? Sean's got a problem, dude. Do I do not talk have in a all problem. of them. What did you say, Trev? Do you talk in all of them? Uh, I talk in a good decent. Some of them I just listen to. You know, just no, listen to. Not just lurks. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a podcast guy. He's just on spaces all day. He really I... is. <laughs> <laughs> it's impressive. We're not bashing you. It's impressive. No, it, it, it is. It is indeed. All right, everybody. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining the spaces here. Make sure you are subscribing to the LakersNation.com podcast. You can find it over on Apple Podcasts, find it on Spotify, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We appreciate uh, you you hanging in there. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.